Hello and welcome to Be Still Be Free. My Hello. name is. Oh, oh, there it is. We went a whole series almost hey, without Monica. Get it on the new mic. I don't think Aww. I've said, hey, listen, either. Well, I'm sure you. You have. did in Abigail because a lot of your I Abigail did. characters started out with, hey, hey listen. listen. Like your character said it. So I don't know if that counts. <laughs> it wasn't Sarah saying it. It was yeah. Abigail was Abigail saying. Abigail said I told it. You I loved her. And David said you. it too. Yes. Yeah. I David and Abigail you. had a lot of hey listen. I think so I good. probably. I think I probably paraphrased that and said that she was saying, "Hey, listen." I'm sure that's Miss Curlier. I'm sure she probably has wild saying, hey, curly listen. hair too. <laughs> that's so funny. We did say though that they they were probably one of the most attractive couples of their time because it talks about David being very handsome, handsome, and talked about her being very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very oh, I can imagine they were the power couple. Mm-hmm. They were the it, they were the Brad and Angelina <laughs> of the day. They're not together anymore. Well. The, but they were the still heyday. Brad in the heyday. <laughs> in that case, then Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, can you even compare Britney and Jessica Biel? Like, it's just such a wow, what an upgrade. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, Amber here uh, in our Atlanta studio with Sarah Gody and Monica Steely. We're having a blast here recording. So much fun. Our yes. final episode yeah. in our Be Different series. What a fast series. It oh, has I really been. love this one. I mean, we blah, we always say that, but this one was specifically. No, this one's my favorite. Really this cool. This one's my favorite. <laughs> it's like picking a favorite our child. Our favorite series. Yeah. We might just, as well just put that little sticker on all of them. Our new favorite That's right. series. That's right. Um, but. Today is our deep dive where we kind of rehash the um, different stories that we went through of the Bible and kind of how we um, relate to them a little bit more personally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Monica is going to be kind of leading the discussion yeah, today. Yeah, well, so. you know, I mean, it's gonna. It, this is this is just one of our super conversational things, That's and right. I have some questions. If we, I love our conversation. You know, things. kind of get stumped or nobody feels like chatting. Which has never happened. Um, <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> it's going to be a particularly. Short. Is that everyone feeling their gentle and quiet spirits right now? <laughs> feeling so. Maybe that's why we're so good at pod- podcasting because yeah, we're right? not gentle and quiet spirits. You know. <laughs> I will say my stamina to get through five or six episodes. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot better that's than improved. I did in the beginning. I, my yeah. endurance is really yeah. four years. I'm not I as mean, out of would, words at the end. That. But you know, I don't feel like. I don't feel like it, it's as hard as it used to be. Like, it, I think yeah. it's just, we've, it's become second nature almost. Because didn't we used to record way. a little bit longer, though? Were no, they, we, didn't they, were no, they always 30 always around 30. They were always 30, no. but... Sometimes we did, like, eight. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. But we used to go through all of them and talk first. <gasps> yeah. Yes! That's that was really a huge thing. <laughs> we do that. And then we try and re-talk a, like, talk like, about the same blah, thing over blah, and over blah. again, and you're like, yeah, wait, did I say that already? Was that as impactful as it was the first time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's we could do just that. go for it. Just yeah. go for it. It all ends up. God, God is good. God That's what, what editing is for. <laughs> well, we don't have Michael anymore. Yeah, yeah don't make me edit. <laughs> Gravy. We miss you, Michael. We love you. We love you, Michael. And again, you know, just to repeat what we said the first week, uh, Monica here is doing the recording and stuff, and we're it's just all different than it used to be. So please mm-hmm. pardon any weird background noise or uh, sounds, or yes. if it's not quite as crisp or whatever. Just thank you for your patience and bearing with us as we figure Working doing out, out this own on our strong independent as women we, <laughs> as we figure this yeah out. we meaning monica we wait, meaning wait. these two knuckleheads haven't done anything to help me <laughs> whatever <laughs> 
Um, okay, so this is our deep dive, and this is kind of where we funnel down all this information that we've like kind of spewed out and this education on these women and kind of talk more about some heart stuff. And I just thought I'd start out initially with like of these three women, um, who do you feel like you kind of resonate with the most maybe? Who wants to tackle that first? Is there one that like you can maybe feel a kinship with? I think mine would be Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one that I, I studied for and prepared for because I do feel like, um, I resonate with, I think she knew it was important to be wise. I think she knew it was important to hold her tongue. I think she knew that God hadn't released her. I think she knew um, how to talk to David. I just, I don't know. I think all of that. And then I think she was incredibly excited to go start a second part of her life. And I think I feel that way. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. incredibly excited about a new life that's coming for Chris and I and our kids, you know, going on to college. And I don't wish that away. I mean, of course, I want the next two years, but I'm incredibly adventurous in that way. But I'm incredibly loyal and committed. And um, it was really cool for me to read about this woman that I was like, man, I think I would have gotten her. I Mm -hmm. think I think we could have been friends. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. Esther, but I really was drawn. I'm drawn to the Jehoshaphat story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that was so cool. And I, what I kind of relate to with her is, I kind of got the sense from your like depiction of it that she felt this heavy responsibility mm-hmm. in um, stepping into a situation that she probably could have turned a blind eye and, mm-hmm. and not and not ever been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it wouldn't have been hard for her to be like, you know, oh well and and then mm-hmm. just just not stepped into the story, but she felt this heavy responsibility. And I feel that heavy responsibility in my own life, like so often for not always for the good, like sometimes it's unnecessary, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I thought that was cool to hear her, the way that she handled everything is Mm -hmm. really fascinating. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think the one that I maybe identify with the most would be Esther, just in a situ in the sense of like, um, like I love in her story when she when she asked the king and um, Haman to dinner. But that dinner is not where she makes her plea. Yeah, and then she asked them to dinner again, and then she's like, maybe her intention the whole time was to do it, but then she just felt God saying, "No, not right now. No, mm-hmm, not right mm-hmm, now." Mm-hmm. And then speaking when God told her to, and I'm trying. I've just really been focusing so hard on heeding that still small voice yeah. in my life, in any situation of speak, don't speak, don't yeah. say that right now. Wait till maybe later. The timing's not quite right, yeah. and um, and I'm working on that, and I feel like I'm getting better at it. But it would just that was further confirmation to me of um, when God brings it about and when it's his timing, um, even if it's even if it's a hard word for me to say, he will give the grace and, and right. pour the grace right. on top of it to just make it go smoothly or to work out the way that it needs yep. to. And yeah. I don't have to force it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and whether that's, you know, especially with parenting, like there's so many times I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, like we're in the car together right now. This is an intentional time. I need to say something. I need to say something. And God will just be like, not right now. Yeah. Like, okay. you, yeah. you know, she's not ready or he's not ready or yeah. don't try to force something that's not, you know, yeah. like I'm really just trying to live that way. So, um, Esther in those situations specifically, I really identify with, and I also identify with, um, the, the taking the time to pause and pray 
I mean, I think I mentioned I haven't fasted a ton, but um, to pause and to pray and to allow God to speak into those really big decisions first. Um, You know, when we before we made the decision to move to Atlanta, there were like two different things that we were kind of looking at at the same time with FCA in another position. And we just were like pausing and praying and praying and allowing God to show us what doors were being open and what doors were being closed. And then once he made it clear, it just, it was kind of a, such a peace and an excitement to walk forward when it was ones that he clearly was opening and we weren't trying to force anything. And my prayer in everything, um, the last several years has been, I just want it to be a God story. I don't yeah. want my fingerprints on it. Yeah. And with moving here with be still be yeah. free. I feel like yeah. I can say this has just said, it's all God's fingerprints. Yeah. It's all his and has nothing to do with us. And that's the same with the Esther story. Yeah, I love totally. That. Yeah. That's so, so true. Um, so like when it comes to Abigail, um, Sarah, I'll ask you, since you said you identify with her, like do, where are you in kind of the story of Abigail? Like who in of those characters, who do you feel like you are right now? I think I'm Abigail. I really do. I think in, um, you, you hit the nail on the head, even in parenting, knowing when to speak, when not to speak, saying it the right way. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's so easy to be reactive. And even, mm-hmm. even with Chris, like I'm learning still after 20 years that there are trigger words that when I am talking to him and I say it this way, it, it immediately is going to trigger the wrong response. And I need to learn to be able to take that captive, mm-hmm. even though I think that's stupid, right? I'm like, how can that make you upset? How can that be a trigger? Um, and I need to learn how to say them in a different way. I think also there are times that um, I have a word to say. And um, this is one of the things I feel like God is really teaching me is, you know, when she went back to Naval when he was drunk at night and she waited until the morning to talk to him. There are just times when I don't need to say everything that's on my mind in that moment. And I need to wait for the God ordained time, kind of like what you were talking about with Esther. Um, And then even just with how she spoke with David, because um, I'm kind of an admonisher um, and I have that gift of discernment. So sometimes I see things just knowing how to position that information in a way that, um, doesn't make it look like I'm being bossy or that I know something you don't know or, you know, she she built him up and um, had a, a, a modesty to herself. You know, she was not arrogant. She was not prideful. Um, all those things. So I really think in so many areas of my life right now, that's where I'm at. And yet um, she didn't know that he was going to die 10 days later. She didn't know that she was going to get to ride off into the sunset with David. And I think sometimes with where I'm at right now, I mean, I don't live with a drunken, wretched man, but life can feel like I live in a drunken, wretched world. Um, And so you're just wondering when you're going to ride off into the sunset, when, when you're going to feel like you get a break. Um, and so I feel that way sometimes. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm just constantly in this state of trying to become more of who I'm supposed to be. And I don't think that ever really quits or changes to sometimes you need the scene to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 100% that that's who I would resonate with. Mm, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a Nabal or a David that is in any of the current situations that you have to tenderly you know, right. Um, react to, or 
Like, I'm not asking you to name names. No, but. Uh, and I don't know that I would even say, um, I think Nabal would be more of a... Um, like a situational... It, yeah, I think it's, it's more situational, right? And um, sometimes not wanting to be where you are. Sometimes, not necessarily there's somebody I don't want to be with. Yep. There's not necessarily a person. It's more of a, there's a word, an analogy, maybe mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah. he's an analogy for life. Yep. Um, and I think David is kind of my analogy of Christ, right? Because that's who I'm drawn to. That's who I want to be with. That's who I want to serve. That's who I want to be running off into the sunset with. Um, and it's kind of like that whole thing where you were talking about being still and God's yeah. note, this is where I've got you right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have another ministry for you. I don't have another job for you. I haven't revealed those things to you yet. Um, you know, come to me, talk to me, plead with me, tell me, but, um, you know, we're not going anywhere with any of that yet. You're right where I need you to be. I haven't released you mm-hmm. from the lessons that I'm teaching you. I haven't released you from your stage of life. I haven't released you into anything else yet. And I just need to be content with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved also that she heeded her servant's message to her. Like she was teachable. Like somebody could come to her and say, hey, this is what I just heard mm-hmm. with about Nabal and or Nabal and David. And she didn't even go to Nabal and confirm it. Like she believed it. Mm-hmm. And then when she left, she took five of her handmaidens with her. And I thought that she surrounded herself with people that she trusted. Right. Know? Right. And it sounds like she treated those that like quote worked for her with, with respect, with respect and grace and yeah. tenderness. And that's right. And so, and like they said that her name um, may have come to her later in the house that may not have been her given name Mm. because she exuded joy to her household Mm. so that had to have come from everybody right yeah and I guess that's my my goal right I I want to exude joy I want to be that person in my household in my community that people look at and just know I love Jesus and and who I am yeah 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 um Amber, since you said you identify with Jehoshaphat, possibly, is there a situation where you feel like maybe you need a spirit of Jehoshaphat to either like be a safe space for somebody else, or do you feel like maybe someone else has that spirit for you for right now? Um, no, not really. Um, I actually weirdly like... I guess when I was listening to Sarah talk about it in this season, relate more to Esther's story all of a sudden. So, I, can I change my answer? God, poor J Ho. Well, I, I love J Ho. I love J Ho, but I don't necessarily you want relate okay. to her right now. J-Ho, Got it. But yeah, that's not who you are right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we'll explain. Explain your answer. Who A, B, C, or D, and explain your answer. <laughs> All um, of the above. Yes. Yeah. Can I please be complicated? Um, no, I do. I feel like I relate to Esther in the sense that I, uh, Esther's salvation came through revealing her true self, and I feel like that I'm in a season of revealing my true self. Um, I'm not revealing it to King Ahasuerus. I'm revealing it to my Myself. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm taking time to look at, in the mirror and see good, bad, ugly, um, the person who's standing in front of me, and acknowledge it, and then move forward mm-hmm. and accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. When I was your age, I can remember walking into the bathroom one day, 
we were in this house, so I would have had Addie already, so maybe 31-ish. But I remember walking into the bathroom. I remember looking in the mirror, and I just looked at her and said, who are you? Like, I don't even know who you are anymore, right? Because yeah. I had gotten so caught up in, you know, got married, moved to a new city, started a new job, quit a new job, started another job, quit that job, had a baby, moved into a new house, had another baby, moved into another new house. You know, yeah. like there were so many changes. And I can remember looking at myself and going, who are you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you just said that about the mirror. Uh, yeah. And that made me rem- remember that. It's very mm-hmm. much the same feeling, you know, maybe not with all of those changes, mm-hmm. but, um, but you have had a lot of changes. Definitely. Definitely a lot of changes. And my response to those changes, um, isn't what it has ever been before. I'm never, I'm ne- I've never reacted in the way that I am reacting now. And so I'm having to take a step back and be like, who's the real person here? Is it the person that's been faking strength for all these years? Or is it this, you know, weak, anxious person who needs Jesus to help carry her through every single day? And that's really hard for me. It's really, really hard for me to admit that stuff. But it could be that you are a strong person. You just became so strong in yourself that you boxed God out. Yeah. And now he's reminding you that you can still be strong. Yeah. But you need me to stay that way. Yeah. I think that I'm learning um, a lot that there's a strength in vulnerability. Yep. Um, Because, you know... in my daily life and in my interactions with other people, I'm having to choose to be vulnerable. Um, and I'm finding that people's response to that is, has become really interesting to Mm -hmm. me. Like, um, when I choose vulnerability to see how another person responds to that is, it kind of shows me the depth of their courage too. And, um, that's been really interesting to me as well. And it kind of reaffirms that it is a courageous thing to be vulnerable. So, um, yeah, so I'm in this, I'm, I'm feeling very related to Esther's story right now, just in taking off. Mm Mm-hmm. Stop hiding. I love that um, that her name could mean seether, which means to hide, mm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to come out of hiding, mm-hmm. I think. Well, um, you know that day that we talked on the phone yeah. when you were in the car? Yeah, when I was having a nervous breakdown, yeah. <laughs> Monica wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Monica wasn't going to say that. No, but what I, I, I did not tell you this, um, but you were a stronger person to me that day than you've mm-hmm. ever been. Really? Because you were willing to not just ask for help and ask for prayer, but I could just tell throughout our conversation that the hard work of of what you're going what you're doing right now mm-hmm. is is super hard work, mm-hmm. but you're not shying away from it. Mm-hmm. And that takes more strength than trying to puff up and pretend that everything's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the people around you that will matter the most will see that strength. And sure. anyone that sees it is anything other than that. Yeah. Aren't the ones that are worthy of take it or leave it being in right now. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. And I think that that is our vicious cycle as women. Mm -hmm. Right. We think we have to exude this strength that doesn't allow our vulnerability. Addie and I were just talking about this yesterday because, um, I had been crying about something and she came into my room and I, it had been a little while since I've been crying and she crawled in my bed. She's like, are you crying? I was like, no. And she's like, okay. And so, um, all day, you know, yesterday was an emotional day for us and, um, just different things going on. And all day I was like, you know, I, I lied to her 
and I'm asking her to be vulnerable with me. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with her. And the reason why I wasn't going to be vulnerable with her, which I think is a good reason, was that um, Chris had kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> he doesn't even know this. He's going to listen to this and be like, what? What? <laughs> what? Chris, I heard dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah. Chris had kind of hurt my feelings, and I didn't want to tell her that because I knew she'd want to yeah. know why I was crying. And I didn't want to throw him under the bus. And I didn't know if she was old enough yeah. to understand that it's okay for me to cry about dad and I. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. Yeah. Right? Right. Totally. So the easiest answer was just no. And so... Um, she had physical therapy yesterday and she got in the car and, and I said, you know, I owe you an apology. And she said, what? And I said, I lied to you about something. She said about when you were crying. Yeah. She, she totally knew. knew. Totally knew. Yeah. And I said, yes. She's like, I knew you were crying. And I said, well, I need to apologize to you about that because I want to have that relationship with you. I'm asking you to be that way with me. Yeah. And then I'm turning around wow. and not being that way with you. And it's got to be a two-way street for us to be emotionally vulnerable with each other because yeah. you're not going to be vulnerable with someone who isn't vulnerable with that's you. That's so mm-hmm. cool. And so we that had you, that. Yeah, moment. that's so mm-hmm. cool that you had that realization, though, because that's going to go That's going to go so far mm-hmm. with her to be able to know that you, she has your trust, mm-hmm. and that's going to make her want to offer that trust. Yeah, yeah. she's got to know that I trust her, and I told so her cool. why, and I said, you know, I don't want, I didn't want you to get frustrated or concerned or worried that Dad had hurt my feelings, and I was upset about it. And, um, you know, she's like, well, I don't like to cry in front of people often either. And I said, and I'm that same way. We're both very mm-hmm. similar that way. Mm-hmm. But it's okay for her to know that I was. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to be that way with each other. We do. We do. And I, I did not mean to imply that, like, you know, I've seen through the facade and you've been trying to, but like, I just mean. You didn't mean that? I thought, I totally did <laughs> that way, Monica. I think. No, I just meant. I nobody have, thought that. I, was, I want to say this publicly. I've known you for so long. Yeah. yeah. And know how hard it is to go through what you're going through right, right now and do the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to know I see it. And I Thank see it you. as a strong, a strength. Well, it's a, I appreciate it. It's a sweet thing to say. I mean, it's a sweet thing to say because it's true. Yeah. We think we're strong by not being vulnerable, but mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. Well, it, it makes you, when you, I appreciate you saying to doing the work because it, it is like a, I physically feel like it's a practice. Like I feel like I'm working out every day yeah. and I'm not. And I'm, it's, it, it's physically difficult to go into a room with other people and I love Brene Brown has her authenticity mantra which is don't puff up don't shriek back just stand your sacred ground mm-hmm. and that's what I tell myself like when I walk into a room like don't puff up don't pretend like everything's okay don't pretend like you're not about to fall apart but don't shrink back either mm-hmm. just be where you are in mm-hmm. the moment and take a breath and let that be what it is mm-hmm. and um, that's being bold as a lion it is yeah and that's why this was really really cool for me to read about Esther right now mm-hmm. and I'm sure like I'm reading into it something different right now than I would read into it 10 sure, years from but now that's okay. but that's, that's the point the of the whole like yeah. the word being alive and active yeah. and being applicable to the situations that are right now so yeah, I've, I, yeah so I've really it, it's just been really that part of Esther has been really cool for me right now well and I would encourage our listeners um, if you're feeling like you are in a vulnerable space go find your Monica Go find your person to call yeah. and talk to, right? Well, and I will say, like, Sarah, you've been that person for me, too. Oh, like, uh, yeah. You know, during the miscarriage, literally, like, the day of the miscarriage, you're the one that I called yeah. and was like, mm-hmm. what do I do? Right. You know? 
Um, because there are people in your life for different things, right? Yeah. There are people in your life for different seasons. And if you, and I would say this too, if you find yeah. out that somebody does go to talk to somebody and it's not, you don't be jealous of that either because yeah. that's not what it's about. Right. Totally. Right. It's just about being what you need to be in the life of other people. And, and who you are is different from who somebody else is. Yeah. And that's why you need to have lots of people in your mind yes. because it brings with it lots of wisdom and yes. lots of personalities and different, different ears and different hearts and different strengths, different yes. strengths. And that's so very important. So, so you know, be okay being that person. Um, be okay not being that person. And and yeah. just celebrate. It's your really sisters. like a beautiful like web and like network of. So it should be like strength. Mm-hmm. I I feel like in this, especially with women, mm-hmm. like in this mm-hmm. body of Christ, like it's such a strong net mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah, and and everybody has their their different strengths that they bring to the table. But these relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think really I think I would say. Don't you agree that you know people talk about that in your forties? Like each each decade, there's something different that changes in your life. And I think when you get into your forties, that's one of those things that you don't care so much anymore about what everybody thinks. You understand, Mm -hmm. you set yourself free of the burden Mm -hmm. of caring about what everybody else thinks of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just start beginning to surround yourself with the people that you know, help make you a better person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I don't, I don't know that that's something that only is like age specific, but it is something that's journey specific. So there's, it's a definite journey progression of like getting to the point where you're like, I can't carry these masks anymore because they're too heavy. And so now I have to like slowly like peel them. And if they feel like weights that Mm -hmm. are just like, you can barely even get them onto the ground. And, um, and then once you get that and then like rebuild with like the identity that Christ really wants you to see, like that's when you get to the point where like, what everybody else says doesn't matter. So, um, for me, that's happened in my forties for yep. you. That's happened in your forties, but that doesn't mean it's a wait till you're 40, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait 11 40, more years and you'll really be free. <laughs> but it does seem to be, it does seem to be it a does. Bit of a pattern. Um, and before we move on, I wanted to say this too, because I think this is really important at this place that we're talking about mm-hmm. is, um, your help might need to be more than just a friend, right? Totally, uh, yes. I know that you have gotten counseling. Yes, I have gotten the Lord counseling, for counseling in the past. Yeah. And I even um, had a situation where I thought I needed counseling, and I talked to a counselor, and she's like, girl, you just need life coaching. Yeah. You don't need a counselor. You need somebody who can help coach you through situations. And so I have someone that I call um, on an as-needed as needed basis, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk through things, and, um, you know, she just helps life coach me through totally. things that I just feel yeah. lost in. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of things out there. Don't be afraid to say, Hey, I need counseling. Hey, I need a life coach. Hey, I need a marriage coach. Hey, yeah. I need a whatever. Like or a mentor, man, just some pastoral those are people's gifts. Yeah. Go get them. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I talking about that. I yeah. know. I did too. I can't that. speak highly enough of counseling. It's such a life giving right. exercise. Again, breaking down yeah. the, the, well, the stereotype, mantra, the stereotype and the, should be strong yeah yeah oh well then you must be emotionally unstable no i'm i flesh that i struggle with on a daily basis and a satan who wants to see me fail because he knows that i can do good for the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. and he's going to do everything that he can he knows your weaknesses he exposes your weaknesses he takes advantage of those weaknesses and you 
have to have the right people around you to help you have the the skills and the strategies to recognize those things and to defeat him. Yeah. And I know this is true of the people that y'all go to, but a good Christian counselor or even life coach will tell you um, that I'm trying, they're trying to work themselves out of a job. Like they're not there to keep you forever. They're there to like get you the tools that you need. So I would say find counseling, but find a good Christian counselor who's a rooted in the word, but B not there just to take your money and keep you there indefinitely forever and ever and ever week after week. They should be there to work themselves out of a job job. until, or if there's another situation that you need guidance. Yes, that's exactly right. I totally agree. Um, well ladies, that's like 30 minutes already. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, okay. So I did have one other question. Um, and this can be to anyone or all of us, but, um, you know, Amber had talked about Esther and how her first response was no to Mordecai. Yeah. When, so like, is there, is that typically, what is typically your response when God's like, Hey, I want you to go do this thing that seems completely scary and frightening. If it's being authentic, then it's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's go like bulldoze somebody, it's absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I think totally my first response a lot of times is no, if it's something scary, Mm -hmm. which for me is something different than it would be for somebody else. Yeah. Um, But my, my no is like, um, is this really the best thing? Mm -hmm. Like, is this really, um, you know, going to be the most effective thing? That's, that's my, my talk around Mm -hmm. um, statement, you know, to get out of stuff. Yeah. My doer shaker mentality is is mover shaker. Um, go do it, yeah. right? But I think again, part of my be still be free journey has been to teach me to take time to think about it first, and then decide if I'm really hearing and feeling that confirmation. Um, even when I do say yes, and Chris and I laugh about this because of our differences of personalities, it takes him forever to make a decision. He's logical minded, and so he has to have all of his eyes and T's taken care of. I'm very. Um, dreamy vision driver, um, you know, go get them driven. And so I'm like, yes, sky's the limit. I have so much faith because I do, mm-hmm. um, we can do anything that God's a part of. Right. And so he is kind of worried, planned, worried, planned, make the decision, have a piece. Let's go do it. I'm yeah. the, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Make the decision to do it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, would we just get ourselves into it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so we laugh about that, about how we, but we compliment each other in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really good. But I would say that I've learned to slow down before I say yes, because I, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> what about you? Um, it completely depends if it's something related to, um, change or moving or a new job, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. go. Like for some reason, if it's more family wise, I'm very adventurous when it comes to that. I'm not scared of change. In fact, sometimes I'm like, please, can we have change? God, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, but if it's something intensely personal, like speaking or, um, you know, go, go be vulnerable with this sp- one person who, you know, you just never know how it's going to come across or take it. Like those are the times where I second guess or I question, or I even make an excuse of like, well, you know, I just didn't have a piece about it. Mm -hmm. And that's (laughs) sometimes that answer when I say it is not a truthful (laughs) answer or it's truthful. But what I really mean is I don't feel relief over the answer that I'm giving you. Yes. And like I've, I've said, a million times to a million different people, you know, a spirit of relief is not a spirit of peace. And so <laughs> feeling relief over something is not necessarily God's peace that he's yes. given you. So, yeah. um, 
So yeah, like when when Greg came home and said like, "There's this job with FCA, and it's really great, except you know you got to raise your own support." I'm like, "God can totally do it. If he wants us, to, like, yes, let's yes, do it." Yes. You know, and I was kind of the cheerleader for that, but. Um, you know, and someone recently was like, I'd like to have you come speak to something. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I've done that. I'm fine. No, <laughs> no. I've, I've tested those waters. They're not for not me. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. So I guess it's circumstantial. <laughs> well, I have loved, stuff. um, I've loved this series. Mm-hmm, it's been too. really, it's been a really sweet series. Like mm-hmm. all of them are great, but this one's just been really sweet. It mm-hmm. has been so mm-hmm. sweet. I really yeah. have enjoyed it. Yeah, I have too. Very much so. I love We'd it. love to hear from you guys, like either comment on the blog or Facebook or wherever, but like, which woman did you resonate with and mm-hmm. what stood out to you and how do you feel like God's challenging you with this series? Like, yeah. just let us know. We, we really love do to correspond. love hearing from you guys. Mm-hmm. We it respond so fast, we do. by the way. We have like a 100% response rate, like within an hour, I feel like, yep. on so many things. I try to. I don't say that because now I'm going to be like, <laughs> answer no, answer no. Um, but so we are now at the end. Um, we're getting close to the end of the year. Uh, Thanksgiving's right here and yep. Christmas, and we take December off as a time of Advent and um, time to pause again. And I know everyone's like, gosh, you just came off of a long <laughs> summer, but we got to be okay. obedient to That's who right. we are. So, um, as we kind of take this time, let us know some women that you're interested in hearing Please, about. Yeah. Let us know maybe some thoughts on series themes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be praying about what God has next in store for Be Still Be Free. And we hope that you will too. Yes. So have a wonderful Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Happy New Year. Amen. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.